Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants of Pershaw, Worcestershire. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla, producing single rows like flowers continually from June to the first frost. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange some news, views, a bit of seasonal advice and hopefully answer some of your gardening quandaries. October has closed a bit wet with one or two drizzly, misery days, but fortunately last weekend was fine and I could crack on with a number of autumn jobs. That's not to say the crops don't keep coming. I went out with the basket over last weekend and came back indoors with some apples, a cucumber or two, a melon, quite a lot of tomatoes still ripening in the polytunnel end outside. I'm starting to pull sticks of self-blanching celery, pink plush. Oh, and a nice little cabbage. That's a variety cab ice, which uh, is uh, so gentle tasting. It's a bit like iceberg lettuce. That's why they called it cab ice. When I had a small punnet of blueberries, I think there might be one more picking of those, and the last of um, the autumn raspberries. You know, what good value that autumn treasure is. Now I'm a set to and just trim the tops off those autumn raspberries, just cut down as far as the fruit trusses, leave the rest because the lower part of autumn-fruiting raspberry canes will crop next June, July, and that will give you some really nice fruit until the new canes start to produce right on into October. Our interview this week is with Elaine Gotts. Elaine, for 16 years or more, has been working away at Levington Research Centre near Ipswich, improving potting compost recipes. Last week we described uh, composts for uh, improving the soil uh, and uh, this week I thought it would be sensible to have a word about potting composts. Goodness how they've changed and I need to take you right back to really uh, First World War times when uh, head gardeners were all powerful and they used all kinds of mixes, everything from uh, brick dust to gravel, well-rotted manures, but the basis of most of their compost would have been soil and leaf mould. And then uh, in the uh, 30s we had the John Innes Research Institute really shake the whole job up and they introduced John Innes potting and seed composts, uh, which had a set formula. In the case of the seed compost, two parts loam, one part peat, one part uh, grit, and with the potting composts, they were seven parts loam, 
three parts peat and two parts grit. The amount of fertiliser and lime added was varied and in the case of the potting composts, John Innes 1 had just four ounces of the base fertiliser, John Innes number 2 had eight and number 3 12. So you can see if you want a really rich compost you go for John Innes number 3 and if you've got young plants with the roots a little soft well then you go to John Innes number 1. We had all of that for many years until to my memory, the late 50s, early 60s, when we started to use the University of California mixes, which were peat and sand, but with some uh, quite specific fertiliser treatments. You need to remember that uh, the growing of plants in containers for garden centres came in at that time, and the amount of compost used expanded tremendously. And fairly soon after the University of California mixes, I was taken up to a research station near Ipswich called Levington, where the company introduced an all-peat potting compost, which was a godsend to us, really, because it was light, easy to handle, clean, and we used that for many years. More recently, there have been really remarkable research work done to reduce the quantities of peat. And I'm back to the research station at Levington with a lady called Elaine Glotz, who has been here quite a little time. Elaine, you're smiling at me. <laughs> uh, could you take us through what's happened since those early days of Levington and, and what you personally here actually and your staff have done to reduce the peat content in composts? Certainly. So thank you and uh, welcome to Levington, Peter. The Levington Research Station has been here since 1957 and along with researching for the Fison's company into fertilisers, started looking into what we commonly call composts for potting and container uses and then building on the, the research which was done at California University, started looking at the application of peat and how that could be used to grow plants which culminated in 1967 in the launch of the first Levington potting and container compost. So at that stage, we had a, a limited range of products aimed primarily at professional growers and building on that work, looking at how the fertiliser needs could be met in a, a purely peat mix and continuing to research, even from that point, around other materials that could be mixed with the peat to change the structure, to help with watering, to maintain air contents and all of those kinds of things which the plant needs to be able to grow in a container. So really right from um, 1967 and the introduction of the Levington compost, we've been looking at peat but alongside it at, at other materials. Going on from the initial um, seeding and, and the potting mixes, in 1969, the Fenmere Professional Grow Bag was introduced, um, thinking about, at that time, professional growers growing tomato plants in border soil in greenhouses, needing an alternative to that, and looking at using those peat-based mixes in a specifically shaped bag to be able to grow tomatoes primarily. I remember you actually took a crop 
of tomatoes and grow bags to Chelsea. It, it almost sort of stopped the world. That did, yes, that was a tremendous uh, introduction. Yes, we've got some great photographs from that time when that innovation was taken from the professional arena into home gardeners. And some great PR was done at the time in tenement blocks in London where the walkways outside the doors to the flats were lined with grow bags and people grew all kinds of things, not just uh, tomatoes, but flower crops and, and all kinds of things. In 1971, we introduced for professional growers a blocking compost, which is something that maybe we can think about again in a different format for, for these times. It was a way of growing plants without having a plastic pot around them. That's not something which translated so well into, into home garden, but something that's been an important part of vegetable plant production you know, across the years, and it is still a, a live product today. Moving along through the years, I became involved with the, with the whole story in 1989 when I joined Levington, um, and I've worked on growing media and uh, their development towards a reduction in the reliance on peat, looking at uh, different growing media mixes, different applications for different raw materials and how we might be able to reduce that reliance on peat and still produce top quality plants because that's what we're all about. It's about being able to grow a plant reliably and whatever we need to use to make that, whether it's peat or it's a non-peat or a combination of the two, we need to make sure that we're not going to disappoint our consumers. We need to make sure that we're still encouraging people into gardening, getting gardening and getting great results. So it's been a you know a long process. Um, I think you were you were here in 1992 as well when we introduced our Gosh, first yeah. uh, <laughs> our first peat-free um, Levington branded peat-free product um, onto the market then. And really since then it, it's been a, a continuing story of uh, peat reduction and of offering peat-free products alongside that. But now, for 2021, you have uh, yet another advance with an organic um, method of uh, supplying compost. Last year, we introduced our performance organics range, um, which was focused on achieving excellent performance but with organic fertilizer and enable and to enable us to do that um, those mixes have peat within them but for next year um, recognizing that some consumers are looking for a product which is both peat free and organically fertilized um, we're introducing miracle grow or purpose with an organic fertilizer as well so that's a first step into a new range of products we still need to do some more research there some further improvement we're still looking at different substrates that we can use so whether those are recycled waste materials byproducts from other industries and really looking at uh, other materials that can come into the mix maintain the performance level marry up with organic fertilisers and still give the consumers the performance that they're looking for. Because the one thing that we haven't really mentioned is the changes with fertiliser. I mean, the introduction of what we call slow-release fertilisers improved our composts quite a lot, I think, in terms of uh, their longer-term life. If uh, gardeners pot up into a compost with a slow-release fertiliser, there isn't the need to feed we may need in the future 
to go back to more regular feeding, might we? Mm, that's really been a game changer in terms of the performance of our peat-free mixes has been to introduce um, controlled release fertiliser into those formulations. But what we do find with the peat-free bases is that we're adding in controlled release fertiliser to give us the same level of performance that we would see in a peat mix without the controlled release. So we're needing that extra slow availability of nutrients coming in to balance up some of the variability within the peat-free materials and then maintain the performance in terms of plant growing. So we don't have such long feeds for claims. Each of our products has a a feeds for claim on on the front of the pack. Um, Our Miracle Grow all-purpose peat-containing product feeds for up to six months, whereas the peat-free version also has controlled release in it, but we claim feeds for up to three months because a lot of that nutrient that's coming from the controlled release is making up for what might otherwise be lost from the substrate base because the the peat-free ingredients aren't quite as nutrient-neutral, if you like, as peat is. So we're used to formulating with peat, which is low in nutrients, low pH, a blank sheet of paper. You add the fertiliser you want, you add some lime to get to the right pH. The situation with peat-free ingredients is entirely different. If there is one message that we need to get across is to ask uh, gardeners when they're buying compost to take a minute or two's time and to read the instructions on the bag and try and get the right compost for their particular uses. Would you agree with that? Yes, and that's something that we've we've tried to do repeatedly over the years. I think the introduction of a multi-purpose product or an all-purpose product was in one sense, a great step forward for gardeners because they've got one product that they can use for a a multitude of purposes, as the name suggests. But at the same time, it's a compromise. If you know that you're going to be sowing seeds, then buy a seed sowing compost because that has a lower nutrient level. It has a finer texture. You'll get better germination that way. If you know that you're going to fill your hanging basket and you're going to have a lot of lush flowering plants in a small volume by something like miracle Grow moisture control because then you have more nutrient in the compost and you've got that moisture control element as well to get the best results. So if you can choose the right product for a job you know you're going to do, that's always going to be the better option. Thanks, Elaine, and thanks for all you're doing. Absolutely fundamental. I mean, most of us, when we start to grow things, it's compost, isn't it? You know, seed compost, yes. I would always reckon to use seed and cuttings compost for propagation. Depending on the strength and size of the plant, the strength of growth, then you increase the richness of it and the amount you feed. Yeah. Much strength to your elbow. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay. What's in the news? Well, I uh, hear that uh, Johnsons of Wixley, you may remember, they were on a podcast a little while ago, nursery up in uh, Yorkshire. They've launched their first paperless catalogue, heralded with the headline, We Grow Trees, We Don't Waste Them. <laughs> I literally have a, a stack of colourful catalogues coming thick and fast just at present. I've just looked at one, 174 glossy pages in size and weighing over a pound and a half. My catalogues are well thumbed. You know, I like to uh, go right through them if I can and mark up particular plants or seeds that uh, need to be trialled. I'm afraid the uh, catalogues aren't sort of read weekly, but I wouldn't miss having them at uh, any price, I don't think. Very, very useful to me. There was a time when uh, Christmas roses, Helleborus niger, rarely flowered for Christmas. But now with uh, micro-propagation and modern introductions, it's commonplace to have them flowering even in uh, November. And I hear now that uh, Belgian breeders have a reddish-blooming oriental hellebore, Helleborus orientalis, that normally flower, of course, in the turn of the year, you know, sort of February time. But uh, this Belgian one will flower apparently from September to March, and it's called Helleborus orientalis, Viv Victoria. I must watch out for it and see what uh, I think of that introduction. Chances are that I would have seen it at the big IPM show at Essen in Germany, held in the new year, but we've uh, just heard that it's been cancelled. It's a pity. It's the place where once a year I met so many of the movers and shakers around the world. Uh, we've also had it confirmed that Chelsea Flower Show won't be cancelled, but uh, is going ahead, and they're going to extend it for an extra day. Tickets will be available to members on the Tuesday and Wednesday, and then to everybody for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm not sure about that extra day. The show's getting pretty tired by Saturday. And for those of us working at the show, it means that we won't have any of the spring bank holiday. We'll be manning stands on the Saturday and Sunday, and then, of course, on the Monday, pulling it down and going home. It's going to be quite a tough week, that. As to my diary, well, this week I've had Green Thumb come in to scarify and aerate the lawns. They looked pretty good, quite honestly, before they arrived. Lush and green, and I trimmed them already, so they looked pretty good but you have to bite the bullet once or twice a year, uh, either in the autumn or the spring, to tear out some of that uh, dead grass, what we call thatch, pull out the moss, and then on my heavy clay soil, 
punch holes in it to uh, let the air in. Now I need to uh, overseed so uh, bare patches get a bit of new grass. And the rate you need to remember is that if you're sowing a new lawn, it's one pound of seed to 10 square yards, one to 10. And if you're overseeding a turf that's uh, already established but just needs thickening up a bit, then it's one pound to 20 square yards, just half the rate. And if you look uh, on the boxes and the labels, the better grass seeds will actually have the recipe of what uh, the mix of cultivars is in the box or bag. As long as it says that there's some fine-leaved ryegrass, you can be pretty sure that will germinate well even into November while the soil is warm and nice and moist. My tailpiece comes from uh, Henry Beard, defining an herbaceous perennial as any plant which had it lived would have bloomed year after year. Well, at this time of year, many hardy perennials are being lifted and divided, the old dead pieces thrown out and the younger pieces from the outer edge of big clumps replanted. And this is fine for the toughies like hoster and daylilies and a stilby, but you'd be better to wait until spring for things like oxeye daisy, the leucanthemum, and Michaelmas daisies. They're better split in spring. Do it at this time of the year, and you could well be with uh, Henry Beard uh, having plants that uh, would have bloomed year after year. My thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants of Pershaw, Worcestershire. To my producer, Rich Jarman, and of course to you for listening. Look forward to uh, meeting up again next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.